I, I would say we need our kids to be better than us, you know, when they grow into leadership. morning, Montgomery County. My name is Brandon Langer, and I am a program administrator with the Office of Professional Learning at Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. Thank you for joining us for the OPL podcast in Norristown, Pennsylvania. This is a new offering for our office. Our goal here is to converse with our wonderful guests, our awesome teachers, and, and terrific leadership throughout the county, and talk about how we're advancing education forward, talk about how we can improve student access to quality learning, improve our classrooms, and improve our work. We're here to support every district, public and non-public, in our county with diverse teaching strategies and just continue to develop the teachers that we all are. And I am joined today by one of my wonderful colleagues, uh, Ms. Sarah Meisner. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Um, my name is Sarah Meisner. I'm a project consultant here at the Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. My areas of focus are literacy and English language development. So I was lucky enough to be able to bring Dr. Jeff Spears in today uh, to talk about academic conversations and authentic communication within our classrooms. So Dr. Spears, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Jeff Spears and I am an educational researcher at Stanford University. And my focus is on helping improve the quality and quantity of language and discourse and uh, learning in every classroom. And you have been well known in the world of English language development. Your name has been buzzing around this county for quite some time and beyond, obviously. But today you're, you've come in and talked about authentic communication just this morning. So can you let everyone know just kind of why is authentic communication important? What is authentic communication and how do you increase it within the classroom? Okay, so that's a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> One well, at a time. <laughs> authentic communication is using language for meaningful purposes rather than what I often call pseudo-communication, which is using it for points and for kind of extrinsic reasons. So if a kid, for example, answers a question in order to get participation points or to make the teacher happy, that's different than if the kid answers a question to actually inform the teacher or inform the class of some idea or information. Your thought processes are a little different. Your language use is usually a little different. Usually, if it's not authentic, if it's pseudo, it's usually at more of the bare minimum use of language and even thinking just enough to get the points. Whereas if it's more authentic, you're, you're going to work a little harder mentally and linguistically to um, get that idea across, whether it's speaking, listening, uh, even reading, writing, and, and conversing. And for all classrooms, not just ESL classrooms, but all classrooms, the more that you get the authenticity going, the more thinking, more critical thinking, thinking about content, and the more, more likely it is to last. I typically look for three features of authentic communication, and those are, um, does, does the activity, whatever you're doing, like the communicating, does it help to build up an idea? Uh, whether it's in your mind or building up an idea in someone else's mind. Uh, and that goes for, for example, even reading. Is, if I'm reading something, is, am I reading it in order to build up an idea in my mind that the author wants me to build up, rather than am I reading it just to answer a few questions and get, get some points? The second feature is it's, it's part of building it up, but it's, 
clarifying and supporting. So does, does the activity, does the use of language, is it helping to clarify or is it helping to support with examples, evidence, that kind of thing? And the final feature is, does it fill an information gap? Does, is there actually a need to use the language? If there isn't a need, then I'm not going to work very hard. If you already know the information, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to work very hard to put words into it because I don't really need to. Authentic communication is a lot of work, which somewhat keeps kids and adults from using it. You've obviously done an extensive amount of work on this. You've written multiple books around this idea of academic conversations and how to sustain them and the purpose they play in instruction. How do you continue to work with teachers on academic conversations and build their understanding? Well, there isn't enough time in a, a lesson usually to have conversations the whole time. And so what I tend to do and what we've, what we've been doing in this session today is work on what I call conversation preparation. Uh, in fact, most activities can be conversation preparation activities because if you work on both clarifying and supporting, which are two key skills in a conversation, if you can get kids to practice those skills, let's say in a pair share, or even if they're reading, if, 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 I have a, if you have a kid who's reading and asking clarifying questions to the text or asking for support to that text, you know, imagine that, that ha those habits going while someone's reading versus how do I just answer this, these, these questions and get a point, that that's building up that habit that prepares them for actually having a conversation. Because when you're in a conversation, it's live and it's, it's, there's a lot happening at the same time. And so you want those conversation habits to already be kind of built up um, through other activities like pair shares, like some of the things we've been doing today, um, whatever, Socratic seminars, classroom discussions, jigsaws, all of those can, um, can, can be enhanced with these conversation skills that um, you don't have time for all the time. Do you find that different strategies, structured strategies of conversation build those different skills for students? Or is it just to get kids conversing at a higher level, thinking with more depth? Well, I think it gets back to the, those three features of, of authentic communication as well. Um, for example, I, I use the pair share example a, a lot, but because it's so often used, if we can get kids into the habit of asking for clarifying, asking for supporting, uh, using evidence and examples, then when the conversation happens, it's more likely to kick in, right? Uh, if, if not, it's the, you know, you might say, okay, now have a conversation, and if they don't have those skills or habits already there, they're not, not as likely to, to kick in. Or if it's an argument, and I'm, I'm gonna get to that a little bit today and, and more in March, if it's an argument, we're building up both sides of an idea, and then we're, um, you know, objectively evaluating which side weighs more evidence, you know, in terms of the evidence. And that being said, I, I guess the question would be, in terms of the who should be working on these skills, mm -hmm. where do you see all of these different types of structured interaction activities and academic conversations? Where do you see them living? Well, I see that I, I see them across both you know, ESL, ELD, and uh, the content areas, right? Um, most, of the, most of the teachers I work with are cross-content and ESL. Now, some of the activities, for example, the structured interaction and the conversation activities need to be 
scaffolded and supported a little bit more at the very beginning levels, right? And I often get questions, well, how do you support? And there, you know, there are, especially if I'm doing presentations or, or PD with um, just beginning level teachers, there's other things that I would bring in. Um, but they, they really can, can apply to a, a wide range of, um, of settings, right? Because the different information gap activities takes a little bit of preparation, and that's, again, one of the downsides is the extra preparation, but it's usually worth it in the end, and you're, st you're starting to build up this set of activities that, that work well for authentic communication. Like for all students? For all students, yeah. Yeah, for all students. Now, again, you're also going to, you know, these, these activities, especially a paired activity, the more kids are mixing with different language levels and different, you know, languages, the better, right? Because then you, 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 get, you get exposure to this is how I can speak and listen and communicate with a wide range of people. And so one of the things, in fact, I call it one of the biggest tragedies I've seen is when kids are isolated from the, the wide range of diverse students of language levels in their schools. And they've really missed out on developing their language because they haven't ha been mixing and interacting with others in, in the school and in their classrooms. Uh, and not, not only linguistically and academically, but also socially, socio-emotionally. You know, they haven't built these relationships with a lot of these other amazing potential friends that they could have had, but because we've been so rigidly focused on, well, you gotta, you gotta be quiet and read and practice, you know, for this test, they've they've missed out on that, and, it's, and so that's why, you know, I've, I'm so kind of passionate about not just the academic and and linguistic, but also the the, the social aspect of this kind of work. Well, I think structured protocols help help with that, yeah, and and are a good way to get students speaking with those that, that they maybe previously weren't yeah. in, in the group grouped with. Yeah. So that's what today's kind of focused on. What can we look forward to on March 4th uh, when you return? Mm -hmm. What's that day going to look like? Well, and first of all, I want to make sure that a, st a structured protocol doesn't mean it's um, highly scripted. Right. right. In some, some right. cases, it's more of kind of, you know, making sure that, that students get a chance to talk right. in, in the structure. For March 4th, this is kind of a conversation preparation and uh, an enhancement day. We're going to spend part of the afternoon and how do we enhance um, other activities with these features of authentic communication, which are also features of academic conversation. We'll spend a lot more time by most of the time on how do we scaffold conversations, back and forth conversations on March 4th using certain graphic organizers, but also there's a couple activities where there's a third student observer coach and so we'll we'll talk about how do we get kids to kind of provide feedback coaching and even just kind of t taking notes on the building of ideas and so how to improve how kids really maximize the building up you know not the not the minimizing of okay here's four turns and that's it but really get into uh, the idea of oh I can I can build up an, uh, an idea that might last with me for a long time with this other human being and do the same and we can both do, do, do the same for each other. So that, that'll be a little more of what, what's going on on, on on that day. Awesome. Um, also, I do want to mention that, that I think you mentioned that um, adults um, 
have more of a sense uh, in in some in some cases they have more of a sense of argumentation, <laughs> but in some cases they they don't. And so, in 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 some ways, if we can change the the the, the mindset of what an argument is and change it to a collaborative argument, I'm going to emphasize what it means to co-build up both sides rather than just pick one side or have one side assigned to us. Right. But now it's like, oh no, okay, what's what's this side of the argument? Let's both talk about it. I'm not going to hold back because, you know, that's not my opinion. We, we hold our opinion way back in the back of our minds, build up both sides, and then we evaluate objectively which weighs more. And that's, again, like, you know, I've mentioned it, it doesn't happen as much as it needs to happen. I, I would say we need our kids to be better than us, you know, when they grow into leadership. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I can't top that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us, I, I, and especially over your lunch time, and just have this conversation. Again, our, our one of our goals is to try and, and drive the conversations throughout the county. We have multiple counts, curriculum councils and, and other organizations that we meet with, ESL councils, tech councils, mm-hmm. communication blankets, all of those. So, mm-hmm. you know, our goal here is to not only highlight you know featured speakers but also just get this knowledge out there and, and get mm-hmm. this thinking out there because what you just mentioned is just outstanding we just want people to understand that none of us have mm-hmm. finished learning and we're all we all have something to gain from sessions and from each other and from conversations mm-hmm. uh, the better we hold our conversations that the, the more likely we are to advance in our profession and as people mm-hmm. and i think that that's just really powerful work so w- once again thank you for joining right. us and uh, thank you to Sarah for, jo- for joining us. And uh, once again, this has been the OPL podcast. And we look forward to you know, meeting with our teachers, meeting with our administrators, and our, and our featured guests at the MCIU, and continuing to talk about how we're improving our classrooms and, as per today's discussion, ourselves as people. So thank you very much, and we will catch you all next time. <laughs>